But first to an Australian research breakthrough in this field of increasing significance, the microbiome, really the environment within our body for all the bugs we co-host. And it turns out to be vital for our health. The microbes within the microbiome are influenced by everything from diet to lifestyle to medications, and they're directly linked to the health of our immune system. But we've known surprisingly little about how they operate, despite a growing sense that we ignore them at our peril. An international team led by the Hudson Institute of Medical Research in Melbourne has found a way to determine which microbe species are important and how they interact to create a healthy microbiome. The team's published a paper today in Nature Communications and to explain it all is the lead researcher, Associate Professor Sam Forster. Hello there, Sam. Morning, Geraldine. Have I done a good enough job of defining the microbiome, first off? Yeah, you've you've done a really good job there. The first thing I think we really have to be aware of is most people overlook the bacteria and the other microbes that we're carrying every day. And we, you know, we tend to blame the bacteria. We think of them as pathogens. You know, we we have a meal and we feel sick. But a lot of the time they're neutral or they're actually beneficial to us. And we're just now seeing the opportunities for how we can directly modify them and therefore get a benefit from a disease treatment or just general health. And how does how does it handle a virus as opposed to a bacteria, bacterium? Sorry, so the the microbiome in general is made up of a whole range of um, things. So viral viruses are part of it, uh, bacteria are part of it, um, and archaea are also part of it. The, I mean, when you say it, you mean the microbiome. I suppose I was thinking we are also alert to viruses these days. Uh, Do do viruses play a role here at all? Or, uh, you know, should, uh, are they, do they, because what what, isn't not true that what you're discovering is a lot of these things are critical to us. (laughs) They're not all toxic. Exactly. So that, I mean, fundamentally, all of these components play a role in this very diverse ecosystem that we're really just starting to discover. So, for example, at my team, at the, with my team at the Hudson Institute, we discover new species every week. So if you think about it, it's quite remarkable. We, you, know, you imagine discovering new species, you're off in a jungle somewhere. But actually, every one of us is carrying new bacterial, um, viral, other species that we just don't know anything about. But by knowing about them, and particularly as we, we've shown in this research, understanding their genomes, so every bacteria obviously has a genome, we can understand how they interact, which ones really require each other, which ones are sort of ambivalent, and then which ones just don't like each other. And by doing that, we can understand how the community as a whole really performs. And that allows us to then say, well, if you're missing this particular species or this particular group of species, we can put them back in or we can change your diet or we can we can come up with a new way of modifying the community such that we end up with better health outcomes. And is this what your research has found, this, this new capacity to chart this? Absolutely. So what we're, what we're really focused on doing is being able to say, okay, we can measure your microbiome now and we can say the community is requiring particular metabolites, so particular um, components, for example, from our diet or um, from our immune system. And we can, then, we can then understand which species would be producing them or which species would be consuming them. So, for example, in Crohn's disease, which is a type of inflammatory bowel disease, for a long time, hydrogen sulfide has been known to cause or drive inflammation, but no one's really understood the, the detail. And what we've seen is it's not that you're producing more hydrogen sulfide 
um, from your microbiome in these scenarios. It's actually some of the species that would usually be using it, so reducing the amount of hydrogen sulfide, are, are, are dying off. And we don't know why they're dying off, but using these methods, we can actually understand that the, inter the interactions that are going on within the community at a much higher level of detail. And in doing that, it allows us to then design new therapeutic interventions. And I mean, I think we have to remember, Australia is actually leading the way with new microbiome therapies. I'm not sure if you're aware of BiomeBank, which is the small Adelaide-based biotech company, um, but they've, they've recently got world-first um, uh, therapeutic approval for a uh, microbiome-based therapy, beating multi-billion dollar and multinational corporations in the process. And we, we just don't really appreciate how well Australia is doing both in a research setting and a commercial setting in terms of delivering these new microbiome therapies to people. Uh, fecal transplants are often used, aren't they, to help treat these chronic diseases of the gut. Um, would your research play any role in, in developing that uh, treatment method or, or changing it? Yeah, so I mean, fecal transplants quite remarkable when you think about it. But you're taking a random mixture, a community of bacteria from a healthy person. You're putting it into a um, person who's suffering, perhaps even a lifelong condition, but usually um, things like chronic infections. And we're getting remarkable success rates. So 90% plus efficacy. So most people are getting a cure where current treatments just aren't working. And for, for our work, what we're, what we're trying to do is say, well, actually, we can be much more targeted. We can understand the community of microbes. And we can, mm -hmm. rather than just saying, let's put everything we can find in, we can put in a smaller group of bacteria that's specifically targeted. So what you can imagine, um, you as a patient comes into the hospital, you measure the microbiome, you see where your microbiome is now, you design the exact or you select the exact right combination of microbes that you need to improve your health. And you use that either to start off with to improve your response to a conventional therapy or you actually use it as the therapy itself. So it alone might be able to provide the treatment. So it sounds like it makes the whole notion of bad bacteria versus good bacteria a bit outdated. Absolutely. I mean, we, as I said before, we, all, we always like to think of the bacteria as the bad guys, the pathogens that are making us sick. But actually, the whole concept of good and bad in this context is, is very difficult because a bacteria might be beneficial for you at a particular time of your life or a particular time um, in terms of a disease, but it, but it isn't always going to be good or it isn't always going to be bad. It's likely to be somewhere in between. And also we have to remember it depends where the bacteria is. If, if, if it's on your skin, it might be good. If it's in your gut, it might be bad. So there's all sorts of, of um, variation here. And we can't, we can't easily say, you know, this is always a good bacteria and you should always take oh. it. And final question, Sam, where do you see the science developing then? Yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly what we're working on at the moment is, is really, obviously, in the laboratory, we can grow these bacteria now. And, and that's only something we've been able to do for the last five or 10 years in real um, large numbers. And then we can define the individual species. We can understand how they interact together, which is what we've done in this work. But then we can start to grow them and we can start to put them into communities and develop them into the precise mixtures that people need in various disease times. Well, look, thank you very much indeed, and uh, congratulations on, um, obviously, the, the more to come, uh, but uh, I do congratulate you on what you've discovered so far. Thank you very much.
Sam Foster is a CSL Centenary Fellow and Research Group Head of Microbiota and Systems Biology at the Hudson Institute of Medical Research in Melbourne. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.